This is episode number 88 of the Water and Stone Church podcast. We'd like to share with you our Sunday worship service for October 14, 2018. The lesson title is Impact, and it is the second of the series Inside Out, which takes us through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Let your light shine. So our scripture today, Matthew 5, 16 let your, shine, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Like a lot of these, you've heard this one before. But like all of them, like every single part of the Sermon on the Mount, and in a very big way, everything Jesus said and did, this represents a complete reversal of what people were expecting. Think about it. The, the people who Jesus was talking to right then were expecting somebody to come along and say, hey, look at me. I am so awesome. I'm going to conquer everything. I am the new Messiah, and you're going to listen to me and do what I say, and that's how it's going to go. I get the credit. And that's what people were expecting then. And honestly, when you think about it, in a way, that's what people are expecting now. There are so many churches devoted to the idea that, that we need to listen to a person... And there's a whole pantheon of different people you can put that around. A personality. That the idea is that somehow somebody different than you can tell you something about you. There are churches built on that idea. There are businesses built on that idea. There are relationships built on that idea. That over and over again, if you want to change somebody, you've got to get them to give you credit. Now Jesus said, it's not I but the Father, right? And things like that over and over again. And yet it's so easy to slip into personality and ego. But you and I both know that if you want to change somebody, if you want to impact somebody, if you want to fall in love, make somebody do something, uh, write the great American novel, corner the market, be a success, find a moment of happiness. If you want to do the thing, it is never about getting people to do it your way. And you know that because you tried it and it didn't work. When I was about three, you guys know I was born in Union Village, but when I was a, a, a kid, when I was about two, I guess, we moved to Iowa. Not a great move, <laughs> but it happened. That's where my parents took a church. And uh, very few people get into the church business because of fortune and glory. So they had a church, but what they didn't have was any money. And... Uh, I was in the cart, the shopping cart at a grocery store called Eagle. Eagle was a local chain back when there were local chains in Iowa. And my mom was doing the grocery shopping, and she did the thing where you get to the end of the shopping list. And I don't know if you've ever been in this place, but I have. Maybe everybody has. Where you've got to the end of the shopping list, and you get close to the register, and you realize that what I have in my pocketbook is not going to cover what's in this cart. And that wonderful math happens where you go, okay, well, if I just use the grocery bags as garbage bags, then I don't have to buy garbage bags. And I can pass this off, and we don't need beverages. And then, you know, you start doing those things. And I think my mom probably had an, okay, God, what, kind of a moment. And in that moment, someone in a suit and tie came up to my mother and said, Ma'am, we'd like to buy all your groceries today. Okay, what's the catch? 
because we're shooting some commercials, and we would like you to come back tomorrow with your little baby and say how you, sh you save money shopping at Eagle, and it's a great grocery store, and it'll change your whole life and everything. Done deal. So free groceries, thank you, God. And we went home, and because of... We're not going to talk about our parents from the platform on a Sunday morning, <laughs> but... I think my mom decided that this was also going to be not just free groceries, but my big break or something. Stage mom, three years old, whatever. And so she was coaching me. The idea is she's going to teach me at three years old to say, we shop at Eagle, and it's going to be amazing, and then I'm going to meet like Art Linkletter or something, and it's going to be the beginning of a whole new life. We shop at Eagle. We shop at Eagle. And she worked on me and worked on me. Have you ever tried to get a kid to do anything? And after hours of this, in my, I don't have much of a memory of this, but in my imagination, it's like an interrogation scene from a World War II film. <laughs> but after hours of this, she gave up. And in her frustration and desperation, she called me a name that would indicate that my parents had never been married. <laughs> I've been called that many times since then, but this was the first time. There's a couple of B words that apply. I'll let you figure out which one she used. Look, parents, I've been there. But so the next day we get to the grocery store and I'm all gussied up and she's all gussied up and the guy says, you know, how much money did you save and whatever. And mom kind of moves a microphone to me thinking I'm going to say it. And what I said was the word that she called me. <laughs> Man, I wish that the internet was around because there'd be a YouTube movie of this little kid saying that. And the guy from Eagle Grocery Store said, what did he say? You betcha? And my mom goes, yeah, he said, you betcha. <laughs> you can't make anybody do anything because kids don't hear what you say. They hear who you are. You know it's true. And as it turns out, we're all kids. The people in your life don't really hear what you say. They hear who you are over and over again. And it's not just the people in our lives. It's our lives in our lives. Every moment, the thoughts that you think, the experiences that you have, the relationships, the job, the whole deal is an offspring of what you have going on in your head and your heart. And you can try to make it be a certain way and you will be embarrassed on local television. Or you can let something happen. This has never been about getting credit and imposing your ego on other people. It's been about letting go. And just like when you try to remember that guy's name, oh, he was in all of those movies. Who is that? Or you try to find your car keys, and you can fight and fight and fight, but the moment you stop trying to remember, you remember. The moment you forget to remember, you remember. Because you get out of the way. As it turns out, life is about that. As it turns out, the answer you're looking for is looking for you if you can just get out of the way of it. Hmm. Getting out of the way is rough. We're not trained for it. We don't have the background. We're supposed to be in the way. People tell you if you, if you read a, a marketing book or a self-help thing or you go to a seminar over and over again, the prevailing message is you've got to make your mark. You've got to teach people here we go, a paradigm of dependency. Those are big words, right? But you know what I mean, a paradigm of dependency. If you want to be successful, you've got to get people to believe that they need something that only you have, right? Sound familiar? It should. It's in every book about how to build your business. 
you got to get people to believe that only you have it, and they have a hole in their lives, a hole in their hearts. Blah. And if you turn on any commercial, and it ain't just commercials, is it? There's relationships built on this idea. I have everything, and you have nothing. You need me. Or on the other end of it, you're so amazing, and I just have to create problems so that you can swoop in and rescue me. Both of those are doomed to show up on Montel at some point. Because life don't work that way. Relationships that work are built on a partnership. That's the deal. Everybody's got weak points and growing points, but you grow together. And if I try to sell you a product based on the hole in your life, you will realize sooner or later you didn't really need that because you were you before you bought that amazing new toothpaste. You won't need it after a while. That's why there's always another commercial. There are religions based on the idea that you are inherently no good, that you are flawed, and you don't have the thing that we have. Maybe that's not why, that's why you're not there today. Because you know in your heart that there's a different way. Here's the thing. A paradigm of dependence will only breed more dependence. And whether that's in a relationship where it just fosters more need, or whether it's in a, in a, a commercial situation where there's always a new and improved toothpaste, this one has retsin or whatever. Or whether it's in a church where they go, oh, no, no, if you don't come, you're super doomed now. We came up with a new kind of doomed if you don't show up. We invented a new one. You know what I mean? You've heard it in one way or another. And it doesn't take, and so people don't show up. And so there's one school of thought that just responds with more and more, and they amp it, and they amp it, and the broken relationship gets more broken, and the commercial gets more extreme, and whatever. And we just get tired. The other option is to go, you know what? We're going to stop trying. You're never going to have that thing you need, but that's okay. You're just going to be broken. There are relationships built on that, too where they become drinking buddies, so to speak, <laughs> literally or figuratively. There are churches built on that idea where we just all sit around and it's just all okay all the time and nobody ever changes or grows. And we have a service and the person gets up and they say some things and then we all go home and nobody ever thinks, wait a minute, was I supposed to do anything? Did I change? Or did we all just kind of feel okay like we were just sitting in a hot tub together? It's great. So what? If life is going to work, if church is going to work, if a relationship is going to work, it's got to pass a so what test. You've heard me say that before. It's a big deal. So what? The paradigm of dependency keeps us in a place of need, and we never get past the so what. And here comes Jesus going, it's not about lack. You had it all the time. You're a child of God. You have been your whole life. The works I do, you shall do also in greater works than these. You have what it takes to be that thing that you're looking for is who you are already. This is not a paradigm of lack. This is not a whole. If you want to get better, you've got what it takes. Just grow with what you already have. I'm not here to give you something you don't have. I'm here to help you find it. Do you see the difference? Because need goes away and love has room. Jesus looked at you and me and said, you're the light of the world. Right now, you're the light of the world. You don't have to own it. It's not five more payments. You're the light of the world. But, this is important, he didn't say, therefore, just hold still. It's cool. Because sometimes people go to that place where, well, I'm the light of the world, therefore I don't have to do anything. But if you're the light, you have an obligation 
to shine. When he says you're the light of the world, he's not saying that every single thing about your job, your situation, your drama, your stuff, your outer whatever, your car, your house. Oh, I'm getting tired just saying it. But people run down that list. When he says you're the light of the world, he's not saying everything about your external situation is just fine the way it is and you shouldn't want change. This is not a gospel of settling. But he said, you're the light, not the lamp. The outer things, that's the lamp, the mechanism, the light that you, the, the switch that you flip, the wiring, the power, the wick, the oil, the whatever it is. That's the mechanical stuff. And it's easy to get caught up in the house, the car, the relationship, the outer things. But that's the lamp, and you're the light. If you want a life that works, get in touch with the idea, not the thing. If you want a life that works, find a way to get back to just listening. Once again, getting out of the way. And that stinks. It's so much more fun to be in the way. It's so much fun to say, I'm going to just make everybody do my thing. I can't tell you how many times I've been in relationship counseling with people, life counseling with people where they said, how come these people can't read my mind? How come these people won't do it my way? How come? They're so dumb. You can imagine what I might say to that person. I take a long sip of the coffee that I'm drinking because I'm always drinking one. I say, let's back up a step. Yes... I know that you have been trained to be results-oriented. Somebody told us that. You're supposed to plan ahead and have a way to impose your will on the future. But think about that with me. The thing you wanted at 15 is not the thing you want now. I hope. <laughs> you change. You grow. In fact, you wouldn't want to be bound by some of your old ideas. Not because you were less than then, but because you're more now. It's an important distinction. It's important to not have the conqueror's mindset that says, I am going to make my mark on the world and everybody's going to be just like me and every moment is going to be just what I expect and I'm going to impose my ego on everything and I'm going to be results-oriented. I'm going to care all about the outcome. You don't know the outcome. That is God's job. Thank God. Because you don't know. I don't know. What I want is surprise. And the thing is, Surprise is going to happen anyway. And you know that because each and every person in this room has a story about how they set everything up to how it was going to be exactly like they thought. And something came in from left field that you didn't expect, good, bad, or indifferent, and changed everything. That's God trying to get in. That's God trying to get in. It's never been about getting hooked up with the, the results it's never been about imposing your will on anything. It, it, it makes me think of that fable. Remember that Aesop fable about the wind and the sun? You heard it in elementary school. You know the one? Sun and the wind are having an argument. And the wind says, you can't move anything. You can't push anything around. And that's all I do. Therefore, I'm stronger than you. Let's have a contest. You can almost hear the Charlie Daniels band music coming up in the background. No child, no. And then... The wind and the sun see a guy walking with a, with a coat on. And the wind says, whoever can knock that coat off is obviously the stronger one. The story starts to sound familiar now, remember? And the sun says, okay, cool. I'll hide behind a cloud. You go first. And the wind blows, and the wind blows, and the wind blows. And the harder the wind blows and the colder the wind becomes, the more that man holds on to his coat. 
there's a lesson in there. Wind can't do it, so the wind gives up, and the sun comes out and just shines. Just shines. And that warmth and that life and that beauty, and you know what it is when you've been inside in the cold and you step out, and something amazing is there waiting for you, and he just took off his jacket just to be a part of that. Which one are you going to be today? The sun or the wind? Which one will you be in this life? Which one will you be with the people that you love? Are you going to force it? Are you going to just shine? It's a choice. It's the choice. The key to life is about radical non-attachment to the effects. And in fact, not even being attached to the mechanism, the the channel, the way in which it's going to happen, because you don't know. If you want a life that works, if you want to be successful, make friends, fall in love, do the thing, it's not about the effects, it's not about the channel. Find a relationship with cause. Find a way. What does love look like? What does the light look like? What does truth look like? Freedom, power, whatever it is that you're looking for, what does it want from me? Instead of the other way around. Because the light wants to shine. And you know it because you felt it. Look, in a thirsty world, sometimes it seems like life has given us eight ounces of water in a 16-ounce glass. I get it. And you can spend all your time talking about how, oh, the glass is half full. Awesome. Oh, the glass is half empty. Well, you got a point. Or you can be like George Carlin and say the glass is too big. (laughs) But all of them are missing the point. Because you can debate about the outer circumstances. You can decide that the container you've been given is the wrong size for the life you want to live. You can talk about how I can't live with this car, this house, this person, this outer whatever it is. You can get caught up in the lamp all you want. Know what I mean? In a thirsty world, it don't matter how big the glass is because you're the water. You're the water. You have the opportunity to nourish in some way. You have the opportunity to to satisfy that deep soul thirst in some way. There's something that you can do today. Doesn't matter if it's big or small. Do that thing. Be the light, be the water, pick whatever metaphor you like. Be the walrus if you want, but be something. (laughs) Do a thing, as we always say around here. And I know people have been taught to keep their heads down. Don't speak up until the appointed time. Pay your dues, be quiet, you don't know. And that call happens. I want to remind you that Jesus said, let your light shine. He didn't say make. He didn't say force. Once again, I can't say it enough. The light wants to shine. Your job is to allow it to happen. And I'm going to go so far as to say that every frustration that we feel, every anger, every moment where we feel stuck, every piece of friction in the world didn't come from God. God don't work that way. Every moment of frustration and friction and all of that is me trying to keep the light from shining because I'm afraid or because I want to control it or because who knows why. doesn't matter why. Find a way to get out of the way. Don't speak up until the appointed time. Well, you and I both know about that. The appointed time never comes. 
And besides, if I'm allowed to do it, then it's not really rebellion anymore. It's not really speaking up anymore. If somebody says, okay, now's your time. Isn't that cute? There's something that you have to say right now, and it don't matter what other people are going to say about it. Say it in love. Say it in peace. Say it coming from that place of truth, but say it. It could be that that's exactly what the world requires. And people say, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have this thing. And yet the world is trying to tell you. In those little moments where stuff works out, when you win something at work, when you get the parking space, when somebody just gets the joke. Doesn't happen often for me. (laughs) But whatever it is, there are moments when life is going, I see your true colors. I see you in there. You've got this. Be that in some way. If you want a life that works, stop trying to convert anybody because they started out good. You don't need them to change from who they are. Move away from conversion and into inspiration. Show them. Be the light. Be the love. Be the freedom. Because, after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. This is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening to that Sunday lesson, and I want to thank you for being part of our virtual church family. If you'd like to know more about what we're doing at Water and Stone Church, the easiest thing to do is go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. There's all kinds of amazing content. There's blog posts and videos and other episodes of this podcast and just all kinds of great things. And especially there's a calendar of events. We're always doing amazing uh, service projects in the community, all kinds of classes and services. Go to our website and find out how you can be a part of it. You can also text I am ready to 84576. That's all one word, I A M R E A D Y to 84576. It's a great way to get a once a week message about what we're up to. That's how we do our newsletter and special events and stuff like that. It's a great way to be in the loop. This podcast and everything that we do at Water and Stone is supported by you. And what that means is There's a lot of little things you can do to help us keep the lights on around here. If you go to the website, once again, waterandstonechurch.com, you can find out how to give electronically. You can find out how to shop at Amazon in such a way that benefits the church at no extra cost to you. Really and truly, though, the best way to support what we're doing is to help spread the word. Repost this. Tweet it. Like it on Facebook. Find our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter. We've got two amazing YouTube channels. Go find those and like and subscribe and share. That's huge for us. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes or whatever, please give us a five-star review. That really helps as well. But at the end of the day, There's nothing like being there with us in person. Come join us at 11 a.m. every Sunday at the beautiful Harbor Hall. That's part of the University of South Florida's St. Pete campus. The street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., there is a sense of family, a feeling of community, an uplifting lesson, music like you've never heard anywhere, and a life-changing message. It's time for a new life for you and a new world for all of us.